1: It was a crazy weekend and then some in Tuscaloosa and then the fallout continued after that. Paul Feinbaum from ESPN and the SEC Network, kind enough to join us now to talk about that and more on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. Paul, always good having you on the program. How you
2: doing? I am. I'm, I'm doing better than Alabama football right now. Great to be on.
3: Oh, my goodness. Hold on. So are you one of those people who says you can't have him down here? The man's never been to a Waffle House, which was running all over my Twitter feed.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, he's from South Dakota, which is better than being from North Dakota, but that's that's the most positive thing I can say about Kalen DeBoer landing in the deep south. Uh, one thing, that it, it's about 8 degrees in Tuscaloosa this morning, so at least he feels at home.
3: <laughs> Hold on, so, so did you decide very quickly that he's, is he not the right one, or is it a job that just can't be filled by the guy after Nick Saban? Which, what, what are we talking I think, about here?
2: Uh I think well, it's a good question. I'm not even sure uh, he's a good hire. Uh, but the the real question is, is is anyone a good hire outside of maybe Kirby Smart or or outside of Kirby Smart? Because the the, the task that he's going to have to deal with, uh, we are watching in in, in milliseconds right now because this has been a day and, 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 uh, that, that has been unlike any other. I mean, Alabama has lost uh, significant talent from its uh, team that played barely two weeks ago already. Uh, Caleb Downs, their best defensive player projected for the future, he was a second-team All-American, is in the portal. Uh, Cade Proctor, who was the offensive uh, left tackle, number one uh, offensive player in the country, just went in the portal a couple of minutes ago. And I, I, I've lost track of the numbers, but I think it's uh, something like 15 or 20 players from the portal and, 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 and then about eight players since Sabin retired. And the, the, the reason I bring this up is that you can lose a couple of players, but it feels like a, a domino effect that everybody's looking around going, do we really want to be here? Uh, and, and this is happening while Kalen DeBoer is trying to put a staff together.
1: I know what Greg Byrne, the AD, said, but all of that being said, were you surprised that he said it was going to come together so quickly, and it eventually did?
2: I mean, I, I think he did about as good as you could do. Um, there, there, there's a, there's some de- debate about when everyone really found out. Uh, Saban told the team uh, a week ago today at four o'clock. Uh, I think Byrne had an inkling of it. Uh, he may not have. Uh, had it locked down, but I talked to a coach uh, on Saban's staff uh, who said that Saban indicated a couple of days earlier, just you know, hey, you want you might want to be at that meeting on on, on Wednesday. That was the first meeting since since Pasadena. Uh, but you know, it's it's amazing what you can do, uh, guys, with a with a private plane. Uh, you, you can go. You can, you can even 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 if you're five and a half hours from Seattle,
3: Paul. I, I'd like to think that everybody has a person in their life that they trust more than anybody else In good times and not so good times. Hey, I need to talk to you. Do you think okay. if Kalen DeBoer had that person, they were supposed to say not there. Don't take that one.
2: That's uh, possibly, um, but that's the one, I mean, we all, we all have been at that precipice at some point uh, where, where you dive in, even though, you know, it's not the right decision but you can't turn down Alabama. Um, and I think that's where he was. Uh, I think he, he also may have known that he'd probably maxed out at, at Washington because of Michael Penick. So I, I don't blame him for taking it, uh, but the, the the transition is going to be probably more difficult than he imagined. And I think he probably thought it would be tough, but uh, you, you could have done uh, in any other time, but now you can get away with this because you hold on to your class and you go out and recruit now players are dropping. I mean, they, they can leave on a dime and that's exactly what they're doing.
1: Paul Feinbaum with us on the Hobson and Hobson newsmaker line. We brought it up earlier. Could Jalen Milrow benefit more than anybody else based on what Michael Penix did do at Washington with this new offensive staff coming in?
2: He could, because it really is a, it's worth pointing out that Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator that he's bringing over was offered a job by Saban a year ago. So obviously Nick Saban felt, that he fit the the concept of what they were doing. I think the real question is, and I'm not trying to melt down the internet, is whether Jalen Milrow will will hang on. I know he's already said he will, but when 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 you look around and your teammates are bailing out, uh, there's always that tendency. So I, I I think it's I think it's virtually impossible to make any, uh, a, a substantive evaluation of what Alabama is going to look like until the carnage stops.
3: Is there anybody? On a team like that, that could stand up and just say, "Hey, hey guys, I'm telling you, we picked here for a reason. I understand what the circumstances. It changed, but why don't we stick here and kick the crap out of everybody in the country? Is that not possible in today's portal world? No,
2: I don't think it is. Um, especially uh, when when you signed up to play for somebody like Nick Saban, uh, you he is he was the magnet. Now listen, uh, he's not the only. I, I've covered Alabama football before, Nick Saban. There've been a few good coaches, uh, but he was the biggest name in the, in the industry. And I think a lot of players today, they're saying, you know what, uh, he's not there. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, he may. He, I know he's got good credentials, but um, and, and really, uh, let me let me let me bring it a little closer to home. Uh, Caleb Downs will, will likely end up at, in Athens. Uh, that, uh, Savens' top assistant coach is already in Athens to various Robinson. Kirby Smart is the is, is the beneficiary of all this chaos.
1: Did they let that slip away that situation? Because I know that they said Robinson was coming to Athens, and then afterwards it seemed he interviewed for the DC. Did that one fall on the shoulders of Alabama to not do that interview first?
2: Yeah. Um- I had a friend of mine tell me on uh, Sunday night, he said, we're, we're, he said, he works at Alabama, so we're, we're going to keep him. And the next day, Robinson recommitted to uh, Kirby Smart. And, and, and there's a connection there. There's a video going around that's really interesting uh, after the Alabama-Georgia game in Atlanta. Uh, Kirby Smart is seen hugging Caleb Downs and uh, the next person he uh, he hugged was Tavarius Robinson. I'll give Kirby credit. After one of his most difficult defeats of his career, he was already thinking ahead because uh, yeah, he, he probably didn't know what was going to happen next, but I, I I also believe, not to jump around, that Saban beating Kirby Smart in Atlanta was, gave him the cover to retire. He, uh, and what, what I mean by that is he he had ended the biggest threat to his to his from that so-called dynasty. Uh, because if Kirby had uh, won that game and moved on and won hit three in a row, Nick Saban's role, while still critically important, would have been diminished because that's something even he couldn't do. And once he stopped that, I think he knew there wasn't much else to accomplish. And uh, I think it made it easier to walk away.
3: I want to go to Harbaugh in a second, but Kirby now becomes... Uh, the Iron Throne thing from Game of Thrones, he's going to get coaches fired, and he's going to get coaches raises. You lose to him, see Florida, see Georgia Tech, you get fired. You beat him, you can now go to your AD and your Boosters and go, I just beat the King. I need a little bit more money, or else I might walk. It really is going to be financially more on Kirby Smart than anybody in college football, because Nick had that place.
2: You are correct. Um, and, and Again, uh, I, I've talked to Georgia people who who were worried Kirby would look to the NFL. But I, I think that would be foolish right now. I'm not, I don't know what he'll do down the road, but, but right as of today, um, Kirby Smart's the best coach in college football, and he has the best program in college football.
3: Do you think there really is language that Harbaugh wants? Does he want it because he wants it written, or does he want it because he might keep the job at Michigan? And is there such a thing as the language that we're supposedly hearing about? Is that possible in a contract?
2: I don't think so. Uh, I don't know how you can possibly put language in a contract that that gives you immunity from NCAA uh, violations. That's a dangerous Uh, precedent. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's the kind of thing you read about uh, that you see on CNN uh, talking about more important issues than college football. You just can't, I I don't think you can do it. Uh, And I, I think Harbaugh started that a couple of weeks ago or months ago and, to me, it's uh, simply not going to hold up. Do you think he's, he, he's, going, to, he, he's going to
3: leave? Okay, so he's going to leave. Do you, what do you think he, I don't know how well you know him, but what do you think the one thing he, he says he needs or demands when he walks into any of these rooms for an NFL interview? Uh,
2: I think he wants, uh, I don't know about total authority, but significant authority. I think he also uh, wants a quarterback that he trusts, and that's why people favor the Chargers over the Falcons.
3: Do you... I don't know how much deep dive you did. We did a joking around, but I'm not kidding. I think the Falcons' job is better than the Chargers' job for a number of reasons. I'll let you pick the quarterback. I'm going to give you an eight-year deal or a 10-year deal. I'm going to give you time. Go pick the quarterback. Why is the Chargers' job better?
2: I don't think it is. And the one argument I've heard from some of my colleagues is that you know the Chargers need him more than he needs them. And the reason they need him is where they are Uh, and having just spent three or four four days in Los Angeles. The Chargers, I mean, I think most people still think they're in San Diego. Uh, And one more thing, Jim Harbaugh is not the type of personality that is going to matter in in L.A. Uh, I mean, L.A. is a Dodgers-Lakers town. You know that. Uh, The Rams went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and won, and they were forgotten about pretty quickly. Uh, because they just don't sizzle, and 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 I, and I think Atlanta. Uh, I mean, Jim Harbaugh would would prosper very well there. Uh, yeah, you got uh, you have Georgia football, and you have the Braves, uh, but there's still plenty of room, oh. and it's a big enough place.
3: What about telling them we have Blake Corum? As a matter of fact, we got two of them. If you want to play that style, the Falcons are absolutely more equipped than the Chargers are as well.
2: Yeah, and they're also in the worst division in football. Right. So uh, it, it's pretty manageable. Uh, I mean, I don't know how. Yeah, I, I mean, if you, if you said where, where do you want to be a head coach, considering you can stomach the owner, um, I would want to be in that division.
1: Paul Feinbaum with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaking Line. We joked about this earlier as well, Paul. The, the happiest guy on the face of the earth right now has to be Jimmy Sexton.
2: Well, he, he's he's the happiest, and you know, people give Jimmy probably more credit than he deserves. Um, but the problem is, he just has as close to a monopoly on on college football, and and it's not that he is he is snookering anybody. Is that the athletic directors are are in the, are in bed with him on many other on many on many other areas? What am I what am I saying? Saxon has moved into basketball. He's moved into baseball, uh, college baseball, college basketball. He also represents several ads, and these guys are. I mean, it's so incestuous that he may be he may be negotiating with his own client while he's dealing with with some one of these football coaches. And uh, I've seen this before in my own business, uh, so uh, I don't want to act like uh, you know, this is something new. But 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 he is, and you know, but, I mean, he is very smart. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not claiming that you know, that he's doing this by 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 numbers, but. Uh, when, when you have a monopoly uh, and you also the, the thing he does better than anyone is manipulate the media uh, because the media right now is so incompetent in terms of the way it used to be where there was real reporters and, and real uh, fair, balanced uh, media outlets that, that, that these reporters are like puppy dogs uh, trying to get their next meal. All right. And they'll take whatever Jimmy Sexton
3: gives them. Do you think anybody else was offered the Alabama job before DeBoer?
2: Possibly, uh, I think, uh, and here, here's where it gets technical. I'm about to interview Greg Byrne here this afternoon, and I'm sure he'll say whatever the a d says. Uh, this is the only person we offered it to, because that's not what you do. You have the you have your agent call the guy, and uh, and and you know Dan Lanny. Do we do we simply we want this or not? And Then you you you, you tell Byrne, oh listen. Uh, Lanning's moved on. I I I think they went after Norvell ahead of uh, DeBoer, mm-hmm. Mike Norvell
3: from FSU. Do you think Sharon Moore gets the Michigan job?
2: Yes, uh, and I think he, he should because he's done so much already. I mean, you 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 you've seen this guy against against Ohio State and against Penn State and Maryland, uh, and he's uh, in the first three games and he, and he's come through. This uh, he, other than that goofy interview he gave after the first game. Uh, I, I give I him very high
3: marks. If you're going to lay money down, is Lane Kiffin the guy after DeBoer if it flames out the way that you think it might?
2: Uh, it depends um, whether he's offered another job before then. And I, I see a job in the SEC right now next year that Lane Kiffin could be the choice. Florida? Guess who it is? Florida? Yeah,
3: absolutely. And they're starving for a personality plus. Are they not at this point?
2: Yeah, and listen, uh, Lane, Kiffin, Lane Kiffin's father was a famous coach, as you know, Monty Kiffin, defensive coordinator. But Lane Kiffin's hero uh, growing up uh, and early in his coaching career was Steve Spurrier.
3: Somebody had a line I don't know who to attribute it to. Somebody said, hey, if you don't understand what Nick Saban was to Alabama, without Nick Saban, Alabama's Tennessee. I thought that was like a great line because in my mind's eye, I can understand you're flipping it, looking for a new coach every three and four years.
2: That's true. Uh, and you're talking to somebody who covered uh, Paul Bryant's last three years at Alabama. And it was already, uh, I mean, Bryant went from winning a couple of national championships to his last year, starting to lose and recruiting to Pat Dye at Auburn and other places. Saban never did that, uh, but he also wasn't in the current world that we're in. And, and Alabama only one, uh, only really had uh, they, they had some good seasons, but only one run of the national championship, and that was in uh, under Gene Stallings in '92. And other than that, uh, they were a pedestrian program. Uh, they would have a ten and two season followed by a, a six and six season, uh, and they got on probation twice, and they couldn't, uh, they never could hire the right guy until. Nick
3: Saban showed up. What's the next big story in college football? If let's just say more gets the Michigan job, if Harbaugh leaves, what's what's next?
2: Well, I think, I think the Alabama story, uh, it's, it's really turned to more of the, the, the fallout of, 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 the players leaving. But I still think, uh, there's, there's going to be legislation that tries that, that attempts to clean all this up, but that's really where the action is. It's coaches complaining, and there's also uh, the transformation of, of, of this upcoming year when, yeah, you know, where I work. I mean, we're already concentrating on Oklahoma and Texas. I know the Big Ten took in four. So that, that story's done. But just the, uh, the integration uh, of all these new programs where you're talking about the SEC now, you, you have to remember to mention Steve Sarkeesian. I,
3: I know we asked who'd we ask? Uh, Reese Davis, maybe, and somebody else. I know it's the network you work for. Uh, from a power point of view, a lot of people say that ESPN is moving. We talked about Jimmy Sexton; they're moving the pieces. Do you have that kind of power individually? Does ESPN have that kind of power collectively to control the narrative?
2: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think it's very powerful, um, and I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that they can control. But uh, I, I, th- I think there, I, I think I don't think anyone has that type of power in today's media world.
1: So Paul Feinbaum is not a power broker. that's what you're saying
2: i i listen there there's no question when you when you do a tr- a show for twenty hours a week, you can shape the direction of the story, but ultimately uh I think the people are, are far too distrusting of the media these days for any one person or any or anybody to have that kind of power. Do
3: you think though that you have like that room of thirteen? Do you think that ESPN is the loudest voice that maybe is in their head as they start Even to have some these co-
1: subconsciously yeah. sway them? Uh,
3: yeah, no.
2: I mean, listen, I'm not about to tell you that ESPN isn't powerful, and, and it's powerful because it has so many different uh, tentacles. Uh, you know, from the main network to, I mean, re- really, what we do uh, as well. I mean, we're uh, it's more it's more regionalized. But if you're an SEC fan, uh, I assume you've probably heard of the
3: SEC network. Who, who would you have hired at Alabama? Uh, my first
2: choice would have been Dan Lanning. Um, I just like him. Uh, I, he's been there before. I think he understands, you know, having worked at Alabama and Georgia. That's my only complaint about DeBoer is from a recruiting standpoint.
3: How much say do you think Saban had? Because you said something that I said. What if Nick Saban would have went to D'Amico Ryans and said, hey, man, I think you're the only one who could really stand up here and handle this. He's got C.J. Stroud. He's winning in Houston. It would have been a yeah. tough thing. You would have had to say, please hold on. Till I'm done with what I'm doing in the NFL, uh, I would have thought Nick Saban might have had a little bit more say in this.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, but I think Demeco Ryan uh, would have st- still said no because his, even though he played there, he didn't play there during the glory de- glory times. He played for a couple couple of really bad teams, and I I don't even think so, I, I, he, he. I just don't think he, you could have prized him out of there right now. He, he's got way too good a job, and he's he's too well thought of. Does it
1: help or hurt Debo? having uh, Saban right down the hall? Uh,
2: I think it's. An, I think the biggest advantage was, was trying to retain players. After that, I think Saban's influence will wane dramatically.
3: Where do you think all that stuff in Saban's office? They said they cleaned that out quickly. I'm a little bit surprised by that. What do you think all that stuff is?
2: Well, I mean, I, I know he had a war room because uh, I've been in there. The, the, right off of his main office was a room uh, that uh, had, had all their had their prospects ranked, and that's something that uh, if you remember when Kirby left to go to Athens, uh, there there were allegations that he took pictures of that. Uh, <laughs> the secret and, room, yeah, because they have they have every prospect in there and ranked in the order that they need them. And, and Kirby uh, was accused of of going around and telling players, <laughs> "Hey, you're, you're you're number eight on Saban's list, and you're number one on ours."
3: Does Saban seem like the type of guy that wants all that stuff from his office? I know he bought a house in uh, in Florida. Maybe it's yeah. a really big house. Does he seem the type to you that really wants all that stuff?
2: No. Uh, I don't find Nick Saban to be overly nostalgic about anything.
3: <laughs> Always looking do forward. Do you think he's going to enjoy retirement or whatever the hell no, he does I, next? I, I, I do not. Uh, he's
2: not uh, listen, I, I don't know if I'm cut out for it. I don't know if anybody is. Some people, uh, I think if you had a good job, maybe not a great job, you're more ready for it. He had the best job, and uh, I I think he's – my guess is he he doesn't know what to do today.
1: Neither do we, so we have that in common. Paul Feinbaum, always (laughs) good having a conversation with you. Looking forward to the conversation you're going to have later with Greg Byrne. Thanks for coming on.
2: Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Paul.
1: Paul Feinbaum with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line.
0: A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall.